I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking Bat Books, which came out July 1996. As always, Amazon affiliate links are open below if you want to pick up anything that we talk about. We're talking Batman Legacy this week, which has its own uh, trade paperback. You can pick that up on Amazon or preferably you can go down to your local comic shop, pick it up there. I'm sure they have a Batman Legacy trade paperback that's just sitting there collecting dust, just waiting for you. Waiting, waiting for a good home. Waiting for a good home. Also, this these videos are up on YouTube.com slash Nick Phil. You can uh, find each podcast with a little bit of art. I have I've gotten into a rhythm where I'm pulling the art while uh, while I'm reading rather than like afterwards. So I'm, I'm like, I got a good workflow going, but I am going to have the YouTube videos a week behind the regular podcast. So if you want the cutting edge up to the minute to read pile, you can get that on your iTunes or Spotify or whatever, wherever you get podcasts. And then YouTube's got all the art. It's a week behind all that out of the way, because we're talking about Batman Legacy today. We got a thick sewed Jason. We're jumping into Shadow of the Bat first because that's apparently the order now for this crossover. Yeah, I mean, got got to promote, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Hit me with Shadow of the Bat 53. Shadow of the Bat, number 53, Please Care About Huntress, written by Alan Grant, penciled by uh, D- Dave Taylor, inked by Stan Woke, or Woach, uh, colored by Pamela Rambo, and separated by them people at Android Images. Bill Oakley is the letterer, Carl Critchlow is the cover painter, Jordan B. Gorfunkel is the associate editor, and Dennis O'Neill is the big guy editor. The real title is Hobson's Choice. Legacy Prelude. And the the cover is stamped with Prelude Legacy on the cover. So in, in like the corner, it got its own like little logo. So we are in Batman Legacy, but this is considered the prelude. This is not the first chapter. Can I have a whole prologue? <laughs> Two issues of prologue. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We got to get into so, it. We begin with Huntress being a 90s badass and torturing some guy for information. But don't worry, that torture is justified because this guy has too many piercings on him and we all know what that means. <laughs> Huntress wants some info about some drug deal, crime deal. I, I was, wasn't entirely sure about that. But she gets the info that she wants, hurts this street tough with a grappling, hurts this street tough and then grappling hooks away, as was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. which I just small aside always enjoy in 90s comic whenever it's just like a superhero does something and then it's just like splash page of them with like you know swinging away off of some unseen thing that they yeah 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 uh, uh, hooked to love it, it would love it. it wouldn't be as dramatic if she like tortured this guy and then was like and now i'll casually walk away (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like oh man what do i do it's just yeah awkwardly walking out (laughs) back in the bat cave nightwing and alfred are wondering how to tell robin that the clench wasn't actually cured and he might die at 
any second. Batman just straight up tells him. And, you know, he's got a right to know. And you know what, Bruce? You're right. And in this scenario, with your limited grasp on human emotion, it's actually kind of helpful. You know, like Tim does deserve to know. So like, eh, all right. And Tim is unsurprisingly despondent being told that, yeah, you know, that thing that you almost died from, well, it's still in you and we don't know when or if it might ever pop off. Uh, and it's even worse than what it was before. <laughs> so, you know, uh, good luck, buddy. Not, yeah, not, he's not 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 feeling good, you know, but Batman flashes back to some more information that he had gotten from Azrael, which I have found funny throughout this whole thing that anytime Batman does a video call with Azrael, he's on like the fucking 200 inch screen in the back. Cave. It's like, <laughs> yeah, don't you have yeah. anything smaller? Does it really need to be on IMAX? Like, There's a grid. It's like literally like eight televisions. Like that's how big his head is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, good. Just a little, just one of them. And we get an appearance from Oracle and I say, fuck yeah, Oracle, but she doesn't have any good news. According to what she's found from the results of the dead former mayor Kroll is that the virus is unpredictable. It can lay dormant for who knows how long and then come back with a vengeance. And it being 1996, I'm like, guys, is this, is this supposed to be AIDS? Is this supposed to be HIV AIDS? Ooh, like ooh. sort of. And I mean, then I, we, we talked about when we had the original uh, Batman contagion issues about how like we're, we're not only are we in the, the, you know, we're starting to talk about AIDS era, but also like outbreak came out and like, that was oh, like yeah. a whole giant thing in the nineties and, you know, so I feel like it's just like, I don't know, in the culture of we're yeah. all going to die from disease. Yeah, yeah, I guess that also is like the thrust behind like most of like David Cronenberg's movies who, you yeah. know, I do love David Cronenberg. So, yeah, but then I also made a note that I'm like, am I going to comment on this uh, whole is this HIV AIDS thing? further no no yes no I'm we're not gonna... getting into that at all <laughs> yeah keep, keep... I'm, I'm not stay focused we're gonna get yep. to batman <laughs> yeah not qualified not gonna you know anyway <laughs> well now that they have some information from oracle some information from asriel Az of where to look for the cure it's in the sudan in the middle of the sudanese desert alfred starts like you know booking flight plans and flight paths and Nightwing checks in on Tim and he's as he's daydreaming about dying of the clench on his wedding day, which like, I mean, all right. Yeah, like I've I've never been told that like I might die. So I don't know what kind of weird things I'm going to picture in my head. Seems seems pretty dark, dude. Seems pretty dark. as they're <laughs> as they're getting ready to go. Robin tells them that he's coming with him. If he's going to die, it might as well be on this trip. And Batman agrees. If they find something, then he's right there. You know what, Tim? Good for you. Gotta pick yourself up and do something. You know, it's gonna be collecting dust in the Batcave. And now, back to everyone's favorite part, the reason why we even read Shadow of the Back, politics. Ooh, yes. man. We're in a city council meeting, and some douchebag council member wants to round up all the survivors of the clench and jail them. Concentrate them in an area, if you will. So as to keep everyone else in the city safe. You know, 
New Mayor Grange isn't really down for it, and Jim goddamn Jordan is so fully against it that he lets this asshole know if he speaks about it outside the council chambers, he'll arrest him. Yeah, Hell Jim yes, Gordon's Jim Gordon. not taking it. He's not taking it. Yeah, Jim Gordon ain't taking this shit. Bruce stops by Wayne Tech, and uh, Lucius Fox is like, holy shit, dude, where have you been? Like, your name is on the business, and like, I need you to sign all these papers. And before he can finish, Bruce is like, hey, hey, listen, listen. I'm just going to hand you some papers. Y- you control the company anyway. I got, I got to go to Europe for like a thing, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, and, and Lucius is like, what thing? And he's like, well, a gentleman never tells. And Lucius mm-hmm. is like, oh man, I wish I had your problems. What is it? Is it that Madeline Corbett? She's been by a bunch. And Bruce is like, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, uh, man, creepy. I, I loved that moment because Madeline Corbett, if if the reader can't remember, this was many pods ago. The last time we saw her, she had like had this interaction with Tim Drake where she was like outside Wayne Manor, where he's like, What are you doing? And she's like, You're not the boss of me. Ah, and like ran into the woods. <laughs> Cause she's like stalking Bruce Wayne. And and like I I thought that we were just gonna abandon Madeline Corbett, but apparently no. It's it's been months without anything from her, but apparently Lucius Fox knows about Madeline Corbett hiding in the bushes. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she don't give up. She does not give up. She don't give up. I hope that it pays off in some way down the line. But anyway, continue with the synopsis. <laughs> uh, Penguin gets a call from the DA who's in his pocket, giving him the skinny on what went down in the council meeting. Now, Penguin isn't exactly sure, like, how we can make money off of this yet, but you know, I'm I'm sure he'll figure something out. And now we're dockside in some warehouse where some goons are moving loot in a big old fishing net. Always love seeing loot in a big old fishing net. With plans to flip it, flip it for drugs that they'll then flip again for money. <laughs> Which okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not a criminal, so like, you know, I don't I don't know. If not for Huntress, using her handheld crossbow, she sends the net full of loot just crashing down on most of the goons. Then gets some good punching and kicking in, but not before one of the goons tries to get the drop on her, gun drawn as she's otherwise caught defenseless. But don't worry, Robin is here to put a stop to that. And to ask, the reason why Robin's there is to ask on Batman's behalf if she could fill in for protecting the city while they're all away on plague business. Huntress is wondering if Bats didn't ask himself because he's intimidated by a strong woman. And listen, Huntress, sure, he has issues with the ladies, but he just doesn't think about you in that way. All right, you know what, Huntress, I'm not going to get into it with you. It's, it's, you know, anyway, she'll do it, but only on the condition that Batman personally has to thank her once all of this is over, which seems like a hard bargain to robin's ears which was like that was a very funny like interaction to me that like robin's like oh god i don't know if i can convince him to do that like right yeah 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 (laughs) robin trying to navigate this dicey situation like this like social situation between adults and robin is like the 16 year old go-between and he's like i i don't know i guess i could ask him uh, <laughs> it's like yeah i don't, don't want to make any promises but uh, all right well 
Huntress accepts the job because it's like good exposure or it's an internship. Like, I don't know how the vigilante market works. You know, I don't know if there's like a best, some best practices stuff or whatever. Robin, with this sort of Damocles of the clench hanging over him, tells Huntress just in case that it was good knowing her, you know, in case he like bleeds out of his eyes and like dies. And she's like, why are you being so serious, kid? She's confident that the only thing that's going to happen in Gotham is justice. <laughs> Which I was just like, oh man, fuck yeah, Huntress. Okay, okay, I'm on board. That, that was cheesy as hell. I'm on board. That's great. And I just wanted to say that it, the last panel is just Robin just kind of being like, yeah, hey. <laughs> Justice. Just, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of Shadow of the Bat number 53. So what'd you what what'd you think? What'd you think about Huntress? Have you care do you care about Huntress yet? Jason, I don't care about Huntress and I don't care about this issue. It's like <laughs> it's just like one big grab bag of just like we're, we're setting things up, but like we haven't actually set anything up yet. And so you get a little bit of politics and you get a little bit of Madeline Corbett and Lucius Fox. And then you get a little bit of Huntress. And like you can tell that this thing is just this potpourri nonsense that isn't going to go anywhere when you get a single page of a mugging that's happening with like one guy in an alley and then two guys trying to mug him. And then they get batteranged and then hung upside down and the guy calls in a report in the mugging we don't even see the hero like yeah it's yeah. so insignificant that it's it's just like literally a page fill because they were like fuck we wrote 21 pages and we need 22 you know yeah i just feel like you know the issue's fine it's fine it feels like the start of something that hasn't actually started yet. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I always wish they like, and, and I know that like the point of a lot of these crossovers, at least from like a commercial perspective is to, is to boost sell. the sales of, of Robin and Catwoman. Yeah. And to promote, you know, to promote like, Oh, Hey, well maybe more people will like be willing to check out Catwoman if we like, tie it into this like Batman story and like hopefully yeah, like some of sure. them will get hooked and like sure you know like I get that but like there's a part of me that's just like man it would have been really cool if like you could just have like a 64 page special like two issues you know yeah. and just have all the setup everything in there so it flows right in instead of set up and then it's the end of the issue because you only have like 22 24 pages because you ads and stuff like right back right then. you know yeah like, uh if it wasn't huntress uh fighting people at the docks there wasn't even any fighting in this it feels like that was yeah. tacked on just to be like oh shit we need something to happen and it's like oh well all right also can we can we back up to the to the start of the issue the opening scene where Huntress mm. has an arrow tied to a guy's nose ring and she's gonna like shoot it and rip his nose off and that's how like she's torturing him and then she shoots it and it sticks into the fence and he's like she's like hang around until the cops get here but like 
it's just a a line like a fishing line on an arrow stuck in the fence tied to the guy's nose their nose ring it's like he can just walk up and pull the arrow out like i don't yeah like what what are we doing here <laughs> well or or like i've never like i've never really had um i've never had piercings myself but like you know known plenty of people who who have and like you know plenty just of take friends the nose ring like, out and walk away <laughs> Yeah, or or sometimes like you just sort of deal with it, like you know you jump into a mosh pit or whatever at like some like hardcore show, and you're like, oh fuck, I forgot to take out my plugs or take out my ring, and it's like, yeah, it hurts, but it's not like I I I don't know, like I, yeah, I think there's this that the whole thing felt like there was a disconnect between how Ellen Grant envisioned it in the script and how it was actually drawn, because like yeah. even though even though this whole issue is drawn really well by Dave Taylor. It like, it felt like there was a disconnect. Like, this 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 moment was supposed to be exciting and dangerous, and it's just fucking not. You know? Yeah, yeah. It didn't seem like. Yeah, I was gonna comment on that because I did like the art, but it didn't seem like that there was like a whole lot for him to do. Like, not even just like action wise. Like, there just weren't even too many like sort of set pieces of. Right. It it's like it, there's a there's a whole splash page of Asriel swinging around a fire sword but that's only on like the bottom quarter of the page because they need to just dump a bunch of lore onto us and then it's like he's drawing like bruce talking to asriel in the back cave and it's the same three panels and they just swap the text and then the next couple panels are just maps of the sudan and then like you know a panel of just bruce's face in darkness and it's like you can you can tell that uh Dave Taylor is just sitting here like there's nothing for me to draw. There's nothing for me to sink my teeth into in this issue. Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder though, if, uh, cause I just checked the year that it came out, but the whole thing with like, um, the, the nose, the nose ring, like ripping out the nose ring. Yeah. I was like, is that like, and even when I was typing up the, the, the summary, I was wondering if to include it in because I always just think of airheads anyone remember oh Airheads? yeah 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 totally that, that that scene when chris farley is like the bumbling cop and he's searching for uh brendan fraser's character's like girlfriend in a club and he yeah. gets like accosted by some guy who has like a nipple piercing and he just like, yeah. like rips it out and it's his like i'm a badass moment you know I sure was just kinda sure like yeah 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 like that was <laughs> airheads was two years before this comic book so yeah potentially alan grant maybe caught airheads yeah. on television or like rented the vhs or whatever and is like yeah. i'm gonna do that in batman yeah hey man fucking loved airheads airheads is great airheads, airheads is, so is dumb. great does not translate to, to huntress very well but no, i appreciate the no. effort well <laughs> well I, well honestly honestly what kind of music do you think huntress really listens to as she's like a substitute teacher in like a you know a hundred thousand dollar supercar <laughs> right, you know? right i don't know she, that person she, doesn't exist jason <laughs> she she's listening to hair metal is what she is That's what okay she's doing. fair enough fair enough <laughs> drowning uh, in aquanet <laughs> can we jump into uh batman yeah yeah i care about batman Batman 533, written by Doug Munch with art by the legendary Jim Aparo with the legendary Bill Sienkiewicz on inks. Colors by yeah. Greg Wright, seps by Android Images, Todd Klein on letters, edited by Danny O'Neill with Jordan before 
Gorfunkel as associate editor. The cover is drawn by a regular artist, Kelly Jones. It, it shows Batman about to punch a guy out who's wearing desert clothing in front of a brick wall with a symbol behind him that uh, was related to the clench, I think. But I, I'm already <laughs> that that whole story of Batman contagion is already quickly fading in my brain. So I don't know. Yeah, it didn't stick around to. Uh, before we jump in, I, I just want to say Jim Aparo with Bill Sienkiewicz on inks is fucking great. Like this issue visually is perfect, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I said out loud to nobody when I when I was reading the credits because I was, you know, because I, you know, in the app flipped to the first page and I didn't know Kelly Jones wasn't drawing it. I was like, yeah, oh, shit, it's not Kelly Jones. And then I see that I'm like. Oh my God. I'm like, the, yeah. Jim it's like, Aparo, all right, Bill can you just like, you know, do like a, just ink a random issue of Batman? Yeah. So like Jim Aparo was a seventies, uh, uh, Batman artist for a long time. He drew famously, uh, death in the family where one of the Robins is murdered. Which yep. one was that? Jason Todd. There you go. There you go. Um, where people had to like call in and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, they hated him. They hated Jason Todd. Anyway, so you have like this legendary artist whose art has always been very, very clean. And then you have Bill Sienkiewicz doing what Bill Sienkiewicz does, which is like this very grungy like look. And the two like meld in such a way where it's like I see it's interesting because you get to see the Jim Aparo piece and you get to see the Bill Sienkiewicz piece and they're both extremely distinct from each other but they go oh, together yeah. very very well oh it's beautiful yeah it is so we kick off with Batman Nightwing and Robin flying in a jet to the Sudanese desert where they will begin to look for an answers to the clench they parachute out of the plane and purposely crash it into the desert like that one YouTube guy who went to jail for this exact same thing they find an entrance to an underground bunker with a map provided by Asriel. They fight the guards, and Batman throws a guy into a bonfire, and the dude just runs around on fire for a while. Then he stops running, and then I guess he's just burning. Anyway, the Batman does not kill. Robin was all amped up about punching the hell out of people on account of them having a, on account of him having the dormant clench. Dude, relaxing might help you not clench. They get inside yep. and figure out a puzzle with bottles that have astrology signs on them. And then that turns into a map of the labyrinth. The whole thing reeks of Dungeons and Dragons. They make well, their way through. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to in, in, in that scene. Uh, my, my favorite part was like Nightwing basically like telling Robin, no, no, no. Let him cook. Yeah, right. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they figure out the map. They get through the labyrinth. They make their way through out and it exits into another part of the desert. There's a small tent city around an elevator shaft and our bat family tries to sneak in, but they're immediately spotted by someone who has not been revealed yet, but it could only be him. Batman's suspicion was correct. Meanwhile, Penguin pushes for a quarantine of clench survivors, hoping to make some chaos and a little bit of profit. He leans on the new DA who is in his pocket. Huntress, please care about Huntress. Beats the heck out of the new DA in order to, I don't know, convince him not to vote for the quarantine. 
it isn't a rigorous debate until someone gets pistol whipped. Jason, oh. what'd you think of Batman 533? I really, I really dug it. I really, um, I, I honestly like, and, and like, I guess we'll do the like somewhat big reveal of like, you know, who the person is, but I kind of like how, like, oh, oh. We're, we we got to wait because that reveal happens in Detective Comics. We got to wait to get there. Yeah. But I, I, I also enjoyed uh, the, the, the little bit of, um, yeah, there, the, my two favorite scenes, there's a scene of let Batman cook. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, and Robin at his like fight club best, nothing left to lose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <You> know? <laughs> Dude, this issue had so much momentum through it. Even oh, when yeah. it's, even when it slowed down, it. even when it was Batman, like deciphering the bottles and then looking at the markings below them and then putting them in order. And Nightwing's like, Robin, let him cook. He's driven. He needs this. Let him do it. Uh, even then when the whole thing slowed down, I was still like, fuck yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. Especially like, you know, um, desert, like in the middle of a desert cave, you know, like on everyone on their knees and you're in this like mysterious, I, I, I don't know. It was just very, um, and I mentioned a a lot and then we'll talk about it when we talk adventures, but like it was, it was very like adventure story, you know, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Just like Johnny quest, tin tin sort of, you know, kind of shit that like, I just eat up. I just love the only thing that, uh, gave me pause was that they get into the labyrinth, they go through the labyrinth and then they just pop back out in the desert. I'm like, you couldn't see the fucking oil rig elevator shaft and the tent city from the fucking plane. Like you, you guys didn't think start there. Maybe <laughs> I, I immediately thought of that scene in the Simpsons where uh, Marge becomes a police officer and there's the montage of like the obstacle course and she's struggling to like climb the wall and like yeah. chief Wiggum's like hm, women can never seem to find the door and everybody else is just like walking through the door. <laughs> <laughs> that's in this wall in the obstacle course so yeah same energy here happening with with the bat family yeah <laughs> they're struggling and, to find the door <laughs> yeah and do you think and do you think that like maybe like robin and nightwing like maybe like robin mentioned it to nightwing afterwards like hey um dick but like did uh, i i saw the the oil rig from like the plane like why did we he's like Shh, hey Shh, you just know what let him Some, have this yeah let him have this, okay? He's very upset because, like, you might be dying. Just like, he just needs just a little. Just right, let him solve right. his puzzles, okay? <laughs> just let him solve his puzzles. Yeah, he just. <laughs> he's got to feel anyway, useful. Issue was an absolute <laughs> banger. It was great. It was really good. Uh, you want to get into detective? Feel this momentum yeah. that we're building. Yeah, let's keep it going. Detective Comics 700 officially kicks off Batman Legacy with a part one header. It is no longer just the symbol and a prelude. It is a full header with the eyes of Rachel Ghoul behind them. Uh-oh. It is written by Chuck Dixon, pencils by Graham Nolan, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Gloria Vasquez, seps by Android Images, letters by John Costanza, edits by Scott Peterson, with associate edits by Darren Vincenzo. It is our same regular team. So the Batman... Uh, issue has rotated teams but detective has not 
The cover is Batman, bloodied and battle damaged, sword in hand, as in the desert, surrounded by goons. Similar vibes to Batman Adventures 17, which is also inspired by Neil Adams' legendary Batman 244 cover, which is, you know, kind of similar. It's race like uh, standing over Batman, a shirtless Batman in the desert as like a saber stuck into the ground. It's a very iconic cover. Uh, it's, it's very good. Batman Adventure 17 cover was Batman with a cutlass on a horse in the desert surrounded by goons uh, who are ready yeah. to get him. Yeah, yeah. It's if you're the one takeaway from this that I've come around to looking at Detective Comics 700 is if Batman's fighting race in the desert, you fucked up if you didn't make him shirtless and he doesn't have a cutlass like he needs mm. those two things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or else it doesn't really count. It's like it's like getting champagne from like if the grapes are from the champagne region of France, like it's just like. Right. Exactly. Sure, exactly. It's it's. it's chemically the same but i i guess mm. he's fighting race but i can't see his nipples so yeah. i don't know why even bother <laughs> yeah we jump in race decides to fucking murder all of them instead of instead of like monologuing or anything uh, letting batman buy time to figure out a way out he's like no murder all of them <laughs> he tells talia to look away the detective must die because he was not a fit mate for her after all. Too righteous, too pious. They talk as they move down the elevator, him and Raish and Talia. Batman and Robin mop up some goons and try to go after them, climbing down the, the elevator shaft. Nightwing, lagging behind, gets clipped by a bullet and kind of falls acrobats down the elevator shaft. They get separated. Batman and Robin are now being chased through hallways by guys on dirt bikes with AKs. Nightwing overhears Raish monologuing about the underground ancient wheel of plagues that has been digitized and built into a computer model for Raish to decipher and engineer a plague similar to the clench. It's a lot. <laughs> you know, very, very, very forward thinking of him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, but also it's like he has this one off line about how, oh, this this ancient civilization somehow figured out uh recumbent dna and stuff and i'm just like oh my god what are we doing anyway <laughs> the original he needs a macguffin to give him the the disease basically and this is it yeah yeah uh the original clench was an unfinished version stolen from Raish by the saint dumas knights as always Raish wants to kill literally everyone in the world <laughs> and have his daughter and her new new beloved repopulate the earth he orders his main servant, Ubu, to destroy the place since the digital version of the wheel is done. Batman comments that this is a different Ubu than he's seen before, and just as Ubu opens a large stone door flooding the caves, Batman and Robin get caught in it. They're flushed outside in, in, the, in the pools and stuff. There's a, a great bit where they're in this silo that's filling with water, and they, they're like, oh, we're going to get crushed to death, and Batman seals the the door on the top of the thing and then the the water pressure build the water builds pressure in the air and they blow the top off it and they get out it's great yeah that was awesome nightwing still nursing a gunshot wound decides that it's a great idea to get in a sword fight with rachel ghoul <laughs> talia is betrothed to this new 
Ubu, but she still desires the Batman. Before Raish kills Nightwing, Batman and Robin step back in. They're, they've recovered. They're back down the mine shaft. Whatever. Batman Swords fights Raish. Robin goes up uh, after Talia up the elevator shaft. Nightwing just decides to kind of lay down for a minute because he's still recovering from a gunshot wound and was just in a knife fight with someone who's been living for 4,000 years. Raish, Talia, and Ubu get away, Ubu laughing at them as he removes his mask to reveal that he is Bane. Also, Catwoman's locked in the basement for some reason and is going to drown. Jason, what do you think of Detective Comics 700? Honestly, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I love the sort of surprise appearance of um, of Catwoman, like because I, I loved her little uh, "Yoo-hoo, Mister Ghoul, did you forget yeah. about me?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm like S- Selena Kyle is definitely like my ideal woman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone who's She's funny, who can very, kick my ass, good. yeah, and yeah. and and is a really good thief. You know. It was like the nonstop action of it that like I just really, really enjoyed. And I honestly didn't didn't appreciate the uh, the, the reference to the Neil Adams cover and Batman being shirtless. Oh, yeah, I man. Like, I was like, OK, Batman's shirtless now. I'm like, I understand taking off the cape, but like, why would you take off your shirt, dude? But when when they pop out of the uh, the the uh, container filling with water. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's just like completely so, shirtless, like getting ready for 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 battle. When I was trying to find exactly what issue number that was, because I, I in the back of my mind, I knew I knew about it from when we talked about um, the Batman Adventures issue 17, because that's a reference to that cover as well in that moment. Um, yeah, I did some Googling and I found this interview with Neil Adams where he talks about that cover. And apparently when you look at that cover, it's really dramatic. Right. But they're holding yeah. up. They're holding up Batman's like suit but he still is also wearing pants and they're holding up the pants so there's two pairs of pants on that cover and like the reason is is because standards and practices didn't want batman to be to to even suggest that there was a time when batman was naked in this comic book you know so they couldn't do they couldn't do bare thighs like he was going to Neil Adams was going to have him in his trunks only like no tights at all. No shirt, no pants, just tights, boots and, and belt, I guess. And mask. Yeah. Um, but they were like, no, 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 you can't do that. So he was like, so I switched it and they told me that no one would ever notice it. And then he was like, <laughs> and based on the reaction for the cover, nobody noticed it. So there it is. <laughs> and. And I do want to give special mention to, and I don't know if this happened to you too, but like as soon as there was uh, the Bane being Ubu reveal, yeah, like I just immediately like heard in my head, "It's good to see you alive, Batman." <laughs> I trust that we will not meet again. Before you know, I'm just like, it's like you know what, like all right, I got to give it up to Tom Hardy. I got to give it up yeah, for the, just to permanently in your brain. Yeah, like what. Because it, it's it was just such a weird choice to have his voice be like that, but I'm like, you know what? It fucking works, dude. It works. It fucking works. Uh, I, the other thing that I really appreciated in that moment was like, I don't really know what Bane looks like without his mask. Like he just he's just a big guy, you know. Like yeah, visually. So in order to make this reveal work, he's wearing an Ubu mask 
and then he pulls it off to reveal he's wearing a second mask underneath, which is extremely funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. I, I I love I love the idea of um, you know, it's mostly just like the artist is like, I'm not gonna just like draw them getting out of their costume and then getting back in into the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to like. You what know. are we, Bruce Tim in the holiday special with the page that got cut from Batgirl changing in a crowd? <laughs> yes. We can't we can't do that. <laughs> I love I love that long explanation. <laughs> what are we? And then followed by paragraph. <laughs> but yeah, I I uh I really like this issue. But Jason. Here's the thing. Hmm. We talked about the three regular issues. But this Bat Batman legacy, it just keeps rolling on. Yeah, nonstop action. So there's two more <laughs> two more books. Catwoman 36 is part two and Robin 32 is part three of legacy. I'm going to get into those very, very quickly because they do fall out of scope for the pod, but they might be relevant to the story. I did read them. Here is my write up. Spoiler alert, I wasn't really happy with them. Here we go. <laughs> Catwoman 36 is part two. Robin 32 is part three of Legacy. Both can be pretty much ignored. Catwoman gets out and frees two other people from drowning in Raish's prison. She doesn't like them, but she needs them in order to get free. Once they get up top, they fight. Once they're, everybody's all free, it's pretty boring and not relevant. I don't even know who this other character is that she's fighting and what the third guy is even functionally there to do. Batman, Robin, and Nightwing talk to Oracle, who tells them where Raish is going to be in the helicopter and where he might be after the helicopter lands. Paris, Edinburgh, and Gotham. She learns that from, quote, doing nothing but sweeping the nets for info on your mystery man for 24 hours, end quote. Also, that was one of my favorite parts. Another guy gets arrested on a boat, but none of it makes any sense because it's just a bunch of Catwoman nonsense. Like, I don't have any point of reference for any of this shit. And that's how the issue ends. Well, Robin 32 well, has has Nightwing. No, we're going. We're Jason. We're going. We cannot. We cannot hesitate on these people. No breaks. No breaks. Robin 32 has Nightwing and Robin in Paris trying to track down Raish and how he'll get he'll gas the population with the plague. Nightwing takes a back seat and Robin teams up with a tracker who just loves killing. They track Raish's goons to the Louvre. Robin fights goons in the museum while Nightwing fights goons in the sewers underneath. They shoot like so many fucking bullets into priceless irreplaceable art. Good job, idiots. Robin is extremely replaceable, but a Claude Monet is not. Put your bullets in Robin. The tracker yeah. shows up and then kills everyone. <laughs> Great job, Robin. Freaking idiots. Everyone's dead, including the art. They go, and then everybody just goes back to Gotham. That's it. <laughs> Jason, what do you think of Catwoman 36 and Robin 32? Well, I didn't, I didn't read much of Robin 32, but I, I did read all of Catwoman 36 and you know my condolences um, just the like the casual like making fun of this guy being an alcoholic the whole time oh my god like her, her like friend I was like oh geez that kind of stuff didn't age well 
The whole book doesn't age well. It has the single worst drawing of Robin that I've ever seen in any book. And like, I don't want to drill down on this, but I feel like I want to drill down on this because it fucking bothers me. Yeah, it's wrong it. on so many levels. So if you're if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to I'm just going to put the one panel of Robin on on the page. Right. So he's reaching towards the right. And and there's a character in the foreground. There's Nightwing in the foreground talking to Robin. Right. And so Robin just literally has to stand there. Jim Jim has to draw just Robin standing there talking to Nightwing. And instead of doing that, Robin's right arm is outstretched. So his fingertips are touching Nightwing in the foreground. So it like flattens the image and creates this tangent that's like really fucking weird where it's like he's like kind of touching him, but not really. And then his left arm, Robin's costume has these like little bumps like it's like armor or smoke pellets or something on the sleeve right so he's got a green sleeve with like these five repeating pellets down the arm and then he's got a green glove and they decided to draw his left hand so that it's pellets down the arm immediately into fingers and it's just like he looks like he has 10 fingers on his left arm it's fucking insane and then they deep shadow his crotch the entire time. Deep black shadows. It doesn't make any sense. Like the whole shadow, the shading on his entire body doesn't make any sense at all. It's like he drew, like Robin sat down and just blacked out the, his crotch for no reason in real life. Like it's a drawing on his, on his junk instead of being just like folds on a piece of like fabric. Well, because you got you got to draw attention to the crotch. Yeah, you, know? you have to, Jason, because you fucked up the drawing of the face too. He's like <laughs> making this insane expression. I, Jason, it's the fuck. It might be the worst thing I've ever seen in a DC comic book. I hate it, Jason. I hate it so goddamn much. I usually don't try. I usually like artists get the benefit of the doubt, and like you know, everybody's on their creative journey. And I like to cut a lot of people some slack, but yeah, deadlines and whatnot and deadlines, you know, whatnot, other, whatever I get, yeah. it, I get it. And it's a scene of talking heads. It's hard to make that shit work, but like, I think the thing that makes me be like, no, fuck this. I'm going after this guy is that everything in this Catwoman run is so bad and it's so consistently bad. And my dumbass teenage self consistently bought Catwoman. And like, <laughs> I feel like I really, cause I really like Catwoman. I like Catwoman, the character, and they just give it to yeah. Jim for like, like a hundred issues. And it's so bad. And it's such a missed opportunity. And I just, Jason, it like every time we find ourselves like heading back into a Catwoman issue, I like mentally have to steal myself before jumping in. It's always the fucking worst. Ugh. I, I always, I, I always thought that that Jim Ballant was one of those guys in the nineties that like got popular because he's uh, really good at like flashy splash pages and like sort of pin up like things. Yeah. And, and that's, 
also seems like just sort of like as an artist, all he's really interested in doing, which is fine, but it doesn't make for good comic books. Yeah, y- it's like you know, it's like, like you ask him to just draw, just draw Nightwing sitting in a chair, and it's like you end up with the weirdest fucking drawing I have ever seen from Jim Ballant when you do that. It, it it's yeah. like startling. It's it's startling because it's like, oh, my God, I don't think this man has ever sat in a chair. Like, I don't think this man has ever stood up straight. It's it's, it's madness. It's madness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like someone who just learns how to play guitar solos and is just like, I don't need chords. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, exactly. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, it's a good. Rant, so anyway, though. those issues sucked ass. <laughs> What do you think, Jason? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I don't want to like. I, I'm. I am a lover of like artwork and like art. Like, and like even like you know the kind of stuff they hang in the Louvre. Like, love love to go to the Louvre one of these days. Seems like a really cool place. But there's also a part of me that's just like, yeah, I don't know. Fuck the Louvre, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so when when Robin decided to uh, front flip over a, a priceless sculpture in order to absorb the gunfire into the sculpture and then kicked the sculpture on top of the goons, you were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what? Make some new shit, you know? Or, or <laughs> hey, or, hey, the Louvre. Literally, you replace Jason. You can't just make another Monet once it's filled with bullet holes. It's fucking gone. Like... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just wondering where, uh, I'm just wondering why, why the French isn't, French government isn't protecting the Louvre enough. Like they should have some like clearly some French superheroes posted at, at like different corners, you know, clearly. Yeah. Uh, you know? A, I'm a solutions man. Right? I mean, you say that, but the tracker was the one who killed everybody and stopped it. Like the French guy who's like, like Robin was like, Hey, I heard about this. And he's like, cool. I'll fucking handle it. And Robin's like, I'm going to be there too. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, Robin, please. Yeah, Tim, Tim, you're 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 fucking this up. You're fucking yep. this up. Yeah. So, oh, you know, you know what I forgot to mention, and I think they brought it up in Batman 700 that I actually thought was kind of cool because we we talked about before of how you know because we're just like speed running through these issues because like you know it's a, every other week for all the books that like came out once a month. Um, yeah. I, th- I think we forget that like the Tim Drake Robin is still relatively new. And yeah. so when it was revealed that like this was Rachel Ghoul, like Robin was like, oh shit, this is like a big deal. He like turned to Nightwing. He's like, right. am, am I ready for this? This is like one of like the heavy hitter guys. And like Nightwing's like, yeah, you're in the shit now, buddy. Like this is. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and I, I just thought, I just thought that was a cool little like, oh wait, like, like Tim Drake being like, Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. 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 It was, I wish we had more moments like that, like through his eyes where I, I guess the other thing is that like Tim Drake comes across very whiny all the time about everything. Mm. So when it is a heavy hitter like Raish and he's like, Oh, can I handle this? It's like the like 60th time I've seen him be like, I don't know about this. And it's like, you know, I, Nightwing yeah. being there to be like, yeah, you're in the shit now, like helped that moment. But I wish that 
they pulled those punches a little more for the big hitters and yeah. just for the big hitters, you know, like had more of a clear roadmap for how they were going to handle Tim Drake a little bit more. Um, yeah, but you're right. That moment was like real fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this guy's yeah. like 500 years old. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Yeah. Mike's Nightwing's like, yeah, you probably are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you thought you were going to die anyway, kid. So, hey. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. well, here you go. <laughs> let's, uh, let's head into Batman Adventures 10. Oh, hell yeah. Batman and Robin Adventures, issue number 10. Ty Templeton is your writer. Rick Burkick is your artist. Lee Lowridge is your colorist. Tim Harkins is your letterer. Darren Vincenzo is your associate editor. And Scott Peterson is the editor who wears the big pants. I don't know why I wrote that, but I'm keeping it in. Mm. His pants are notoriously huge. Yeah. No, I, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> never gave up on that style. I'm starting that rumor. I'm comfortable with starting that rumor. <laughs> that that Scott Peterson wears Jenkos? Is that what is that the rumor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's never given up on him. Never given up on him. <laughs> Blood of the Demon. We are dropped in Medias Goon Beatdown in a classic alley full of crime that Gotham is so fond of. Batman and Robin just blithely beat their way through their, these lovely goons. And there's one they haven't concussed to unconsciousness yet. And this mook is flipping out a knife in the shadows, ready to get the drop on them. But no worry, the only woman that Bruce has never been awkward around is here to save him. Talia, you over-serious badass, hello again. She knows her alpha man doesn't need her help, but what better way to make an entrance? That's love, folks. That's love. As Robin is tying up the goons, Talia gives Bats the skinny on her father's plans. Well, you know, her father, Ra's al Ghul. And, you know, if you're listening to this show and you don't know who her father is when i say talia i don't i don't know how you even made it this far <laughs> right 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 we've been talking about <laughs> rachel gould this entire time yeah yeah his scientists have mutated an airborne strain of a virus that boils your brain inside your own skull and i just want to make a special note of the panel with robin exclaiming good lord i just <laughs> i just love things that could be like curse words in the 50s and also yeah. his facial expression of that panel was just like Perfect. Talia can't abide her father uh, releasing this here mutated virus and killing most of humanity. And she needs Batman to come with her post haste, but has no room for the boy, which Talia, that's some top tier shit you're giving the lad. Very good. I love it. Robin <laughs> attempts to protest, but Batman tells him that Talia is right, that this is just like the Roscoe Rollins case last week. Very quickly, we are away to Talia's goddamn perfect adventure comic prop plane with a horizontal prop up front. And, you know, I'm deciding right now all other plane designs should be made illegal. That should be the only plane. I, Jason, that I don't is know allowed. how this thing. I don't know how this thing flies. It's a pontoon boat that's also a helicopter. I'm like, I, I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. It's, it looks visually great, but it's very silly. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could force some people much smarter than me to design one that works. Yeah, yeah. And she explains to her bat love where the lab is on an 
on an island in the remains of an ancient leper colony. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, inject all of that into my veins, please. Yeah. An ancient this, leper colony. Sure. We're, we're adventuring with a capital A at this point. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yes. Talia gives Batman a big smooch and tells him not to hurt her, her dear old papa. And in a line I'm sure Bruce is practicing the mirror, he replies, I'll do what I can, but it's up to him. <laughs> then he just dive bombs out this fucking plane, deploying his Batwing glider. And it looks so much fun being rich and like full of courage. <laughs> Talia returns to her father. And Raish knows that she's been plotting against him. I mean, you know, he always knows everything. They're all very open about it, which is healthy, I guess, you know. But still, there's the whole, like, you know, ending the plague that is humanity thing that Raish is trying to do. And she tries to play coy, but he gives the orders to have her plane search and to have his goons search around the southern part of the island that she spent a little bit too much time, you know, kind of near before she landed. You can't get much past this old bitch. And on the southern part of the island, where the goons are swarming around, Batman, at terminal velocity at this point, just bowling balls his way through three goons at once. And, man, my ribs hurt just thinking about that. Yeah, but, they, they, you know, he's liquefied their insides. They're water balloons oh, now, not people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And that's, But, you know, that's what you get for working for an insane 500-year-old man. I mean, come yeah, on. sure, like, sure. And clearly and literally on a mission, Batman takes care of the rest of the cadre of goons that was sent his way. I wouldn't say he's having fun doing it, all grim face and all, but I'm having fun reading it. And sneaking into the lab facility, disguised as an old shack, Batman's shadow looms over these creep-ass scientists. Back to family dinner. Family is important. As the 21st century's most popular religion, the Fast and the Furious film franchise tells us, I'm only including this because I think Vin Diesel should play Raish and then, you know, the next time they want to put him on the screen, I just think that'd be kind of funny. That'd be a terrible Tal casting, Chase. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cumber Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch is, is Raish. Okay, okay. That's actually pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. that's my pick. Tal <laughs> Talia admits that she failed in her mission to stop her father, and her father informs her that the good doctor that she was seeking out see last episode bat fans didn't have the antidote anyway and he knew that which is why he allowed her little dalliance and knew she'd be back it's a weird dynamic they have there they really need some counseling then Raish launches launches into a beautiful adventure story villain monologue about how releasing this plague is his destiny he's like full standing up knocking shit over at the dinner table shaking his <laughs> fist like, man, fuck jumping out of a plane. I want to be a 500-year-old villain because it looks so much fun. Yeah, he's, he's really chewing the scene. Oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then we get Batman in a clean suit. Batman is in, a, he's in his bat suit inside of a clean suit. Excellent. And he, and he makes his way to a bomb-ass underground lab. The kind of which I would have in my dream home. But with the market the way it is, I don't think I'll ever be able to get there. But disguised by the suit, Batman tells the two working in the lab that someone has tampered with the suits and they have to get out now to decontaminate. 
as they leave, he plants a bomb and then he runs right back upstairs. And as soon as they're taking off the suits, looking around, being like, what the hell? They just get clocked in the face by Batman, which, you know, I'd almost feel bad, but you're trying to end humanity. So, like, you know, you can go fuck yourself. And as he's dragging the bodies, the unconscious bodies outside to pile up with the other unconscious bodies that he just made unconscious, that saucy bitch race just is giving him the littlest golf clap. And he's happy that Batman's there because he's worthy to survive the coming Holocaust. And it doesn't seem to bother, he doesn't seem to be bothered by him trying to stop his supervillain plans. He's even wondering how Batman intended to stop. Oh, explosion. That's how he intended to stop you. <laughs> Their bodies blown back, thrown back from the explosion. Raish is a little bit annoyed that his facility is gone, but he's still not worried. He already sent his top hench, Ubu, in Talia's awesome plane, heading to the mainland with the demon blood plague ready to set loose on an unsuspecting population. A quick backhanded fist to Raish and Bats is often running into the woods. Talia, single tear, starts running after him, but her dad stops her. There's no other way off the island other than her plane. There's nothing he can do now. Except, there's Robin and the Batwing. And Raish immediately sees his plans going up in smoke. Fuck this, in a fit of desperation, he picks up a gun and fires at Batman as he grabs the rope ladder thrown down from the jet. God, I love adventure stories. Yeah, and so Raish, good. Raish couldn't hit shit. He accepted defeat and supposes that destiny has chosen the bat once again. In the shadows, he and Talia make their escape. Okay, so the Batwing and Talia's plane are the only plane designs allowed to exist anymore. I can't, I can't <laughs> not have a Batwing, you know, now that I think about it. They're chasing after Ubu in the lovely prop plane. And once again, Batman just jumps from a plane. This dude loves jumping from planes. He makes quick work of Ubu, but not before complimenting him on how he, you know, enjoys his never give up spirit and attaching a grappling hook to his back as he's quickly hoisted up out of the plane by the Batwing. The vial of demon's blood is secure. The case hasn't been tampered with. He radios to Robin and Robin quip, quips back. I guess you could say, case closed, huh? And Batman doesn't get the joke or doesn't acknowledge the joke? Listen, I'm not sure. He's just like, I yes, kinda, Robin, I the case like, is now my closed. Head is, my, my headcanon is, Batman does not get the joke. <laughs> yes, it's much, much funnier that way. And yeah. the case is closed, and they fly off into the sunrise with Ubu swinging above the vast expanse of the ocean. Nick, what'd you think of Batman and Robin Adventures issue 10? It fucking ruled, Jason. It, oh, I also, yeah, I'm also like, I can't believe editorial decided they were going to do a big crossover event for, uh, what is it? Detective 700? Yeah, Detective 700. They're doing a big crossover event. Rayshaw Ghoul's going to be at the center of it, and they're going to do this plague thing. And it's going to be like remnants of the clench, which was their previous crossover. So they're going to like try to like tie all that in. And they're like, this is going to be great. And we're going to hire Jim Aparo and Bill Sienkiewicz. And, you know, like they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Batman Adventures just kind of like wanders in and is just like fucking amateurs. Like, yeah, like honestly, 
Batman Adventures 10 was beginning and end, 22 pages, kept it tight, was basically the same story, and like, no fat, no muss, no fuss, just in and out, great moments, like, powerful dialogue, dynamic Batman, like, just fun all the way through. And I'm like, damn, why, why didn't they... Like save this one for a few months from down the line from Batman Legacy. Like, like it, by placing it in the same month as these other Rachel Ghoul books, I think they really did a disservice to these other Rachel Ghoul books because Batman and Robin Adventures low key proven proven again to be like the better Batman book. Well, yeah, wasn't that the whole thing of like I think we even mentioned it early on, on uh, of the show of how in the original um batman adventures that like there are a lot of like you know professionals especially who are like if they talk about their favorite 90s comics they're like fucking batman adventures like what are you talking about this is yeah. like one of the greatest books of the 90s and everyone is like kind of shocked of like wait the one based on the animated series they're like no, wait you, the one you, for you children shut your mouth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You shut your goddamn mouth no this is amazing and like, yeah, I, th- I think it is. And like, I-, I really don't know the like, yeah, they just have so- such a better handle on it. Like, I was also thinking of how you don't really need to have read the previous issue, you know? Right. Like they created a two-parter that you yeah. don't need, that they, you don't need the previous issue. You're right. And you don't need to recap it. You're just like in the adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And which is like, you know uh it's not like i will say this just to like give like you know the rest of the bat books just like a little bit of like i don't know you know um credit it, it it's really hard yeah <laughs> you know like it's yeah, not, it's not easy putting together a book like this you know it's not like it just, it just seems easy because they can they consistently seem to do it <laughs> yeah right um i think that there's this thing where they're like, well, we got to make the main issues more complicated. And, and in mm. trying to make them more complicated, we're trying to make them for an adult audience. And in doing those things, it's like they haven't figured out how to do that yet effectively. So a lot yeah. of the complication of like, we're going to make this feel real, like A, doesn't feel real. And B, like isn't fun it's just not good comics you know what i mean like yeah like catwoman's issue and robin's issue don't feel like good comics to me because they're just like oh you can take it or leave it doesn't really provide new information they just fly back to gotham anyway at the end so if you missed them it's like not even worth it you know kind of thing and Beyond that, it's like they don't even get any like new information or anything that could like help them. If you just read Batman and Detective, you'd just read Batman and Detective come next month and you'd be like, oh, they flew back to Gotham and that's it, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I guess even if you're going to complicate it, like if you're going to put Bat or Robin and Nightwing in Paris for the Robin issue, make that issue like have some part of the story mechanically like it needs to work together and it just it just doesn't i don't know it it i can't tell if it's like 
we talked about this last pod and we've talked about it before where it's like the 90s and they haven't figured out that like adults are reading yet and they haven't figured out that like oh we're not really catering to newsstands anymore it's like this transitional time and it's like they're still not getting it right and the batman adventures are still embarrassing them and they even chose the same fucking villain this month and it's like (laughs) shit man like yeah you guys don't have to show your whole ass like Yeah, you know, I mean, you just, you just have, uh, I don't know. I I really don't know what it is. I think my, my main theory is always the root of the problem. And I think the thing that maybe helped alleviate the problem somewhat as the years went on in mainstream books is I think that like writers on books, especially when they were expected to be on a series for like a while, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're like, okay, like here you go, you have Detective Comics and you signed a contract, you're here for at least two years or whatever, right? Yeah. Because it seems like they allowed the writers to uh, have a bit more freedom, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, like, I know on bigger titles it, throughout most of the 90s, it was, like, joked that, um, God, who's the editor on X-Men in the 90s? Is that Bob Levin? Um, I don't know. I, I barely know any X-Men stuff, really. I forgot, I forgot, but anyway, but like the, um, like the, the editor of all the X books, like in the nineties though, it was like sort of this half joke that he's the one writing, you know, because oh, everything yeah, is the he's continuity the one who's like and orchestrating it. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think that got like less and less as like the years went on. And so I think you probably had, so, so it's, it might be why like Batman I Adventures mean, and Batman and Robin Adventures have like a bit more of a, um, easier time like being clearer at least because like you don't have like yeah you know an editor reminding you that you have to have this person and that person and i think okay i think that part of what you said i agree with part of what you said i don't agree with which is that i think that batman robin by having a smaller circle of people does have an advantage of clarity versus the like unwieldy kind of like oh we need to get four books on the same page for this crossover event but um the idea that like editorial was stepping in in the 90s and they're not really doing that now yeah i could tell you from experience that that is from my (laughs) run that that is not true (laughs) oh well yeah but it seems like that there's not as much. Well, you know what? To be fair, I guess like I don't, I still don't read like a whole lot of like more modern, like mainstream stuff. Sure. You know, like, like here and there. It's like I, I don't really, um, you know, ever yeah. buy like a main, main book. You know, I'll buy, I'll buy like the, I'll buy the uh, mainstream books when like they let the people get weird, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll pick up that Trad Moore Doctor Strange thing, or like the or like Mike Allred doing Silver Surfer, but it's like yeah, beyond oh. beyond that, like the regular stuff, you're like, eh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really interest me that much, man. Yeah, I, I know your taste. Mike Allred Silver Surfer, God, Mike Allred Silver Surfer, and then I also immediately think of um, the uh, Matt Fraction David Asia uh, Hawkeye. My life is a weapon. Oh, man, ah, oh, just man, one of the best of all time. Just burned just into so my good. brain. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, well, and, and also, though, I think burned into so many other people's brains because, like, as soon as that came out, I just started to see all these, like, ads for, like, this superhero or that superhero that's, like, living in a hipster apartment, you know? <laughs> it's like, no, that wasn't the thing that made it cool. The thing that made it yeah. cool was Matt Fraction and David Asha. <laughs> and I still, to this day, because of that book, in my head, whenever I see Hawkeye, I always go, hey, Hawkeye. Just yep, ha he's hawk guy hawk guy yeah hey yeah. hawk guy <laughs> oh man uh, so i think we're so, on a we're, we're we're already on our consensus of like what the best book of the i was gonna say you yet. think it's you think it's yeah. batman adventures oh yeah oh yeah i think it's batman adventures i think it, it like right behind it mere seconds photo finish milliseconds is um uh batman issue this month uh what was it batman 533 only because it's jim aparo and bill sinkevich and i was just like eating it up oh. and it had it had such a velocity through that issue that like i did usually and and when i say that what i mean is that every scene dovetailed into the next scene very easily and it created a momentum and jim aparo was really good at like capitalizing that on that momentum and drawing it very clearly and having it feel fun and uh the thing is is that a lot of these books especially in the 90s get bogged down in like brooding and word balloons oh. and over explaining and like batman 533 was like none of that it just it just moved so i think that like credit to doug munch credit to jim aparo and bill sinkevich on that because they really really nailed it but Man, that adventure book is so good. <laughs> Batman Adventures is just so good. I had an all caps in my in my summary that like, you know, Batman in bat suit in clean suit. Batman in bat suit in clean suit. Cause I yeah. just I love We've that seen shit. it. We've seen it before. It happened in the clench as well. But man, every time every time it's it's Batman in his bat suit with another piece of clothing on top of it, I'm always like, yes, yes, more of this. <laughs> and and I, and I hate you know and and if you think I'm bringing it up too much on the show you can cut it but like it again it reminds me of this scene from uh Venture Brothers where like the, the episode just begins with them coming back from a Halloween costume contest and um <laughs> and and Hank is dressed up as Batman yeah he, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't stick to the, yeah he didn't stick he to didn't, the theme he, he didn't stick to the theme yeah like they're all like like what is it like Wizard of Oz or something and then he's just yeah. Batman yeah it's so I good am the i'm the bat i'm the bat i'm the bat, bat, bat i just i just think about that whenever batman puts on another suit over the bat suit it's like yeah yeah well, i mean I, I i get it but you know maybe that might be a little bit more comfortable before you okay you know what you know what you're doing whatever you know what you're doing. It's, yeah let me hit you with the stinger for the next issue of batman adventures and our next uh bat pod in two weeks yes Alfred thinks there's a monster in the Batcave. Bruce thinks Alfred's seeing things until Dick seconds the notion. What secrets are lurking in the Batcave? Find out in Batman Adventures 11, Windows to the Soul. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to find out in two weeks. Windows to your eye, so your, your eye sockets. Isn't that your, the windows to your soul? Is your eyes? I, I, yes. I, yes. Why are windows? we stumbling over this? I don't know. I don't know. 
Is there a bit here, Jason? I don't think there is. We should probably just stop this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Someone will stop us eventually. Jason. Nick. How do people get in touch with you? Oh, Jesus. Excuse me. Oh, Through Jesus? Mm. Prayer. Yes. Yes. You can get in touch, me th- in touch with me through prayer, uh, through chanting. <laughs> um, if, you, if you think really hard, I can't guarantee, but I might have the shining again. I don't know, but possibly. Sure, sure. Or uh, on Twitter, uh, at King of Black Acid or at World Second Finest, uh, where we try to post on uh, Nick's Linktree. That's what. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can find me there. Linktree.com slash Nick Phil. That's uh, what has all the I, uh, Discord stuff. All the Discord stuff, all the YouTube stuff, all the Twitch stuff, although I haven't been streaming in a while. I've been actually, I do this thing at the end of the year where I kind of like reevaluate and I'm like, I, I slipped into bad habits. Let's try not to do that again. And uh, I think that my YouTube channel and my Twitch is going to uh, maybe put out less extra things other than the podcast and focus more on comic books and art and less on video games. For a little while, I was thinking that like, oh, quantity over quality. And now I'm like, no, 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 no. We just got to focus into comics. And whenever I get time, I will make a thing and I will put it on YouTube. Or whenever I get time, I will stream some comics on on Twitch. So yeah, you can find That's me in all those it. places. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>